This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better it was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly so you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues including cuts scrapes burns sunburns rashes other types of skin damage it's totally safe non-toxic suitable on all types of skin even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin this is also safe for the young members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to help you and other passionate, dedicated moms Learn how to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. So let's get a little bit selfish. On today's episode, I'm interviewing Maria Ross. I'm super excited about this because I haven't actually spoken to Maria since we did an event together a couple of years ago. We were both speakers. And at the time, I think my son was like 10 months old and she was not a mom yet. So we were definitely in different places in our life. So I'm really excited to dive in and hear how motherhood has changed her life. Maria Ross is a brand strategist, an author, and a speaker who believes that cash flow and creativity are not mutually exclusive. As the creator of Red Slice, she advises small to mid-sized businesses, entrepreneurs, and startups on how to craft irresistible brands. Maria is the author of Branding Basics for Small Businesses, How to Create an Irresistible Brand on Any Budget, and the newly launched ebook series, Juicy Guides for Entrepreneurs. Oh, I can't wait to dive into that as well as her powerful memoir, Rebooting My Brain. Her story is amazing. As a little side note, she has a phenomenal story and you should read that book, especially if you've ever been through a health scare that really changed and reframed your life. As a dynamic speaker, Maria has delighted audiences ranging from the New York Times to the Chamber of Commerce to blog her and has appeared in and written for numerous media outlets, including MSNBC, ABC News, The Huffington Post, Forbes.com, NPR, and Entrepreneur Magazine. Woo, okay, is she a little bit of a rock star or what? Maria lives in the San Francisco Bay Area with her husband, her toddler son, and their precocious black lab mix. She wants you to learn how to tell your irresistible story at redslice.com or spark a conversation with Maria on Twitter at redslice. I also happen to know that she started a kitchen remodel like yesterday, I think. So we'll have to check in on that as well. There might be some like hammering and demo going on in the background, but I can't wait to get started on this interview and really dive in to hear about how Maria is juggling entrepreneurship, 
with motherhood. I know she's going to have some great tidbits for us. And I also know she's going to have some fantastic advice. I've seen what she's done with her business in the last few years. I've seen the way that she's evolved in motherhood with business. And it's been really cool to watch. So I know she's going to dive in and share more with us about all that. And I'm really excited. I'm going to have to take some notes and steal some of her information from myself because she's definitely an inspiration to me. So with that, let's go ahead and get started with Maria Ross. Maria, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. How are you and how is that kitchen going? (laughs) The kitchen is coming along. Um, Plumbing was just installed today, so it was rather... Rather quiet at times, but rather noisy. But yeah, it's it, we're in for kind of four weeks right now. So we're we're on day two of not having in a kitchen while having a toddler. So talk to me in about a week. I love that. We want to redo our kitchen too, but I think we have to wait until our kiddo's out of the house. So like another 15 years or so. Exactly. Until he's in college. I, I highly recommend it. <laughs> so we already went through your bio, but I want to hear a little more in depth about the dynamics of your personal and professional worlds and how those collide with motherhood. Yeah, ac- actually, that's a great question because I'm, I'm kind of in a year of um, entrenchment right now. I'm in a year of trying to take a step back from going, 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 ambition, 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 and trying to be a little bit more reflective. I think part of that is been has been brought on because of my son. Part of it is I was kind of getting, I was feeling a little stale in my work. And so I've really just, it, it actually was quite a struggle for me as a type A personality to take, to admit I should just take a step back and recharge my creative juices, so to speak, both personally and professionally. I kind of went through this, this crisis a little bit um, last summer and, and last spring where I keep telling everybody motherhood just completely kicked my ass. And I've always been someone who's excelled at everything that I've done. And it, it really did. And I was just, every day I was waking up like someone had started a timer on me and, and it was manic all day long, all day long. And I was miserable. I was snapping at my husband. I was like not present with my son. I, you know, it was, it was coming out in my work, you know, just all of it. So I'm really just in this place where I'm taking a step back. I'm creating some new things. I'm creating some new offerings. I'm spending more time creating content and writing, being a little bit more discerning about the client work that I'm taking on, all that good stuff. So it's like kind of everything's everything's been thrown into question and it's beautiful and awesome and wonderful. And remind me, how old is your son? He will be two. Yes. Very in a month actually. So, um, yeah, he's, and he's great. He's, he's a great kid, but you know, like any, like any mom knows and like I'd always heard, but never really took in until I had a child. I'm sure you were the same way. This, this, aspect of being time starved is unlike anything I've ever experienced in my entire life. You touch on such a good point when you're really driven by your work and you have to kind of push pause as you enter newborn land, which newborn land is my affectionate term for the hell that is those first few months after the baby is born. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. There's some precious moments, but there's a lot that is really horrible and challenging. Um, So (laughs) yeah, you have to push pause on this business thing. And a lot of times your business is your first baby. Like that was what took up all of your time and all of your passion. And it's hard to just transfer that to the Mm -hmm. child and push pause on the business piece that is so ingrained in you and really a part of your identity. And I know I really, really grieved that when we had my son. I, I just, you know, for months, I felt like even that whole first year, I just felt like I had to give up so much of my own sense of self that I never anticipated. And if you're a type A kind of a person and you want an A plus on everything like I am, and I think you might be too, that just never happens. Like you never get 
a golden star for mothering. You never get that A plus at the end of the day. It's you just have to keep pushing through every day and hope like hope today's going okay. Hope I'm doing my best. No, no. And for someone, you know, and it's just really funny because you find yourself, you know, you as a coach, I'm sure deal with this, but you know, I, I, I'm sort of a brand coach for my clients as well. And, you know, there's all this great advice that I can tell them, you know, till the cows come home. But then when it comes time to apply it to myself, like just say no and prioritize and, you know, be gentle with yourself and blah, 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 blah. You know, that goes out the window when it applies to yourself. Right. So you're, you're kind of your own worst client. And, um, you know, that was just, I, I just felt like it was on this train and it was going, 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 and I couldn't stop it. And so I basically just pulled the emergency brake and said, you know, how to talk with my husband and was like, this is not, you know, this is not how I want this to be. This is, you know, I want to enjoy my son's babyhood and toddlerhood. I want to, you know, learn, ha- have us learn how to navigate as a couple, how we're communicating and interacting with each other now that we have this little person in our house. And all that, you know, you bring all of that to your business when you own your own business. And if you're, you're feeling manic and stressed and overwhelmed in your personal life and you run your own business, you know, you can't tell me your clients or your customers can't feel it too. Um, so it was really about not just for my own personal well-being and mental health that I kind of said, okay, this is the year of, you know, reflection and nourishment and alignment and, and sort of recalibrating everything. But it was also for my business and to be my best self for, and I hate that phrase, by the way, but to bring my best, my best, my A game to my community and my audience and my clients. So um, it's sort of a, you know, win for everybody. Like I'm a happier mom, I'm a happier wife, I'm a happier brand strategist. (laughs) Um, So it's just, it just, it takes a long time to give yourself the permission to say, it's not all going to be perfect, but I've got to slow down because part of why it wasn't perfect was I was just trying to do everything. And it was all, you know, it was like, it was, the balls were falling out of my hands while I was trying to juggle them. So um, yeah. So before becoming a mom, did you love, like me, did you love working all hours of the day and without having any limits on your time? You know, yes and no, I have to admit. Um, there were times when, you know, when I, especially when I write, I get, I kind of get in the zone. I've, I've authored some books and I, I do a lot of writing on my blog and articles. And when I write, I, it, I, time can just, I remember one time I actually missed a massage appointment, if you can believe it, because I was so into a writing project I was doing. And that never happens. So yeah, like that aspect, um, you know, when I really enjoy what I'm doing, but you know, if I, I have to like do my, my books, not so much, you know, like that's something I'll procrastinate and put off. So there are times where I'm like, oh no, I'm going to go, I'm going to go play hooky or I'm going to go have a long lunch or, so I, I felt like I had a healthy balance before, you know, child, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I think, for me, it was just also, I think for a lot of us, we're also so wrapped up in, in, in what our work says about us and our identity that, you know, especially if you have kids later in life, like we were talking about before this call, you just, you worry that you kind of lose yourself a little bit because wait, I just don't want to wear this mantle of motherhood. That's not, that's not all I am. I am an entrepreneur. I am a wife. I am, you know, a crossfitter. I'm, you know, all these different things. And because it has to consume you at first, the the motherhood persona takes over at the beginning. And I think for a lot of us, we're just not prepared for that. That's so funny. I was recently talking to someone about hobbies and specifically around uh, things about self-care. And then I realized, oh, wait, what are my hobbies? And (laughs) 
all I could come up with was drinking wine and working out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. For, for me, for, for me, it's watching crime dramas with my husband. Like we're, we're like 70 year old, a uh, 70 year old couple. Like that's what we like to do or, you know, go watch independent films. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's so important. And I always thought that was important before, but I think it's even more important after you have kids because otherwise, you know, you, you lose that sense of who you are and that whether subconsciously, like whether you don't realize it or not, it's going to make you unhappy. Yeah. And I feel like with the, with your own evolution of parenting, you just take on more and more things as you transition from newborn land to toddler land and you just accept them as they are. And then all of a sudden you realize over time that you haven't set any boundaries around different areas of your life and Mm -hmm. you, and then nothing seems functional anymore because you can't move forward in a productive manner in any areas because you just keep taking more and more on and Mm -hmm. letting everything kind of overtake, letting the most immediate needs overtake all the other needs. Absolutely. Absolutely. I remember it's so funny because you you mentioned this earlier and I have to, I have to laugh because, you know, in the early days, the first three months, you know, everyone, there was, there were some moms that were like, oh my God, you know, isn't it just so magical? Isn't it just such a magical time? And I remember like being sleep deprived and hormonal and not knowing what the F I was doing and going magical is not the adjective I would use to describe this right now. Like maybe, maybe someday, but, um, you know, not, not right now. So, um, it just, it just made me laugh because it was just, you know, so many people have this image of what motherhood's going to be at the beginning, even if, you know, intellectually you're like, no, I know you're going to be tired and I know it's going to be hard, but, but you're just going to have this magical glow and everything's going to be great. And it's like, you know, it, it took a long time. It was like, okay, maybe like month four, month five, I started thinking like, okay, this is pretty groovy, but those first couple months are tough and nobody talks about it. Well, you know what it is, is that there's this really romantic notion of what it's like to have a newborn and that it's like all amazing snuggles all day long. But in reality, that only happens like 5% of the time. Well, and they, and they don't snuggle till like five months. So like, (laughs) and everyone says it goes so quickly and Oh, just enjoy it. It's like, it's going to fly right by. When I was in the middle of it, I was like, no, this is not going quickly and this is not precious. <laughs> now, though, in hindsight, I would love to go back for just one day, like just one day of sitting with my baby would be amazing. Mm-hmm. But when you're in it, man, time does yeah. not move. No, it doesn't. And you're just like, oh, my God, this. W-. And I remember that, you know, the whole like feeding every three hours thing. I remember just like crying because I was like, this feels like this is going to be my life forever until the day I die. Like I'm going to be having to to live on a three hour schedule and not be able to like go farther than a certain mile radius from my house before I, you know, it just, you just couldn't see the end, even though people told you and you're like, of course, when, you know, they're six months or a year, it's got to get better. But when you're in it, it's like who's who, someone I know said something about like the days are long, but the years are short. And it's so true because I, I just remember sitting in a, a chair nursing and just bawling because I was like, this is never going to end. I'm never going to, I'm never going to be able to reclaim my life again. And like, I love you, precious little boy, but oh my God, like, <laughs> so yeah. I remember wanting to make it to six months of nursing and two months in, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm never going to make it. Six months is, that's like three lifetimes in <laughs> newborn land. Like it just, oh, six months felt 
so long, mm-hmm. but I was really determined. And in, in hindsight, I think I probably should have given up a little earlier than I did. Um, I maintain to this day that nursing was the right. hardest thing I've ever done. And I've done some hard things right. in my life. So I don't know if we have another baby. I'm not sure I'll do that again. Um, my doctor says it's different every time every, you know, every pregnancy birth has a different result in terms of nursing. So I don't know. I, I have to say I'm definitely feeling a little guarded about that piece, though. You're like, I'm not in. I'm not on board. Yeah. Well, you know, what's really funny is um, three months after I had my son, I was breastfeeding and I had some challenges. I I went to a lactation consultant a couple times, which people that don't want to consult with a lactation consultant, I don't understand why you would put yourself through that misery. Like if you're having problems, like get someone to help you. But um, yeah, and it's not it's not just my body should know how to do this naturally. Like that's I'm calling BS on that. Like, no. Um, and, and nobody teaches us how to do that anymore. Right. So, so, you know, if anyone's listening, go to a lactation consultant, if you need some help, <laughs> they're wonderful people. But anyway, um, you know, I was, I was breastfeeding and, and it was going okay. I mean, it wasn't great. I always, I constantly felt like he was still hungry, but, um, but he was, you know, he was, he was getting into his routine and then I had a health issue, um, three months in, and then I had to be put on some medication that it was one of those medications where they're not sure if it gets into the breast milk type thing. So I was advised to, you know, if I was going to go on this medication to not breastfeed anymore. And I have to tell you, it was met with internally quite a bit of relief on my part because <laughs> I, and which is horrible. Like I felt like I had an out of like, no, 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 I can't breastfeed anymore. It's a medical necessity, you know? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I was at the lactation consultants like every week. Yeah. Like, please, please tell me, you know, and my one of my girlfriends who was who was still breastfeeding was kind of like, I'm a little bit jealous of you. Can I just say I kept waiting for my doctor (laughs) to just say, you know, this just really isn't the right thing for you. I know. Right. So um, I know. Totally. Can I get a doctor's note, too? Yeah. And there were, you know, there were times and then when I would go out to other places and I would see other moms like whipping out the boob and like, you know. Yeah, totally casually and comfortably. Yeah, I was like, oh, I do miss that a little bit. But, you know, so, you know, it's just it was just something I was like, look, I, I was I was never per, me personally. I was never overly married to it. I like you wanted to at least get to six months, um, you know, just for health reasons for the baby. But I, I when I couldn't, I was like, you know what? And actually, ironically, he ended up like doubling his milk intake when we went to the bottle. So clearly he wasn't getting enough like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. The first time we gave him formula, he drank so much, like no- double his normal feedings. The doctor had given me some ballpark to kind of aim for with with formula, and he drank like double that. And she, we were all shocked. Like clearly, this kid had been starving for a while. I know, and it's scary, isn't it? Right when you stop, you're like, oh my god, I'm so glad you're not breastfeeding anymore. <laughs> Okay, so I want to dive into your messiest mommy moment. So tell us a time when you just felt like all the walls were caving in and you were really overwhelmed and you just thought like, oh my gosh, something has to change. Well, it's so funny because I, uh, you know, when I saw this question, I was trying to think of a specific moment. And to be honest with you, I can't think of one specific like meltdown moment um, because it was more of a slow burn. I think I kind of alluded to that at the beginning of um, last summer and last spring, Um, which was almost a year ago now, I just, I got to this point where I was like, this can't be the way I'm living my life anymore. Like I'm not getting joy out of anything. I'm not getting joy out of being with my husband. I'm not getting joy out of being with my child. I'm not getting joy out of my work. And, you know, I was, I was just kind of all over the place. I wasn't really present for him. I wasn't present for my husband. I wasn't present for myself. And, um, it just sort of, it didn't, I, I can't really say it came to a head in any particular moment, but it was more this like, 
realization as the days went by that I wasn't, I wasn't being the best version of myself that I could be for my son. Um, and, you know, and again, not just my son talking about, you know, selfish mommy, not, not for me and not for my spouse. And so I, I don't know, it was more of a, just like, as that realization started sinking in, it was like, I don't, you know, it was a realization that we all, all three of us don't have to live this way. So what, what can I do within my control to change the situation? And, and, you know, I, I made this decision to sort of, um, you know, take a little bit of a break from some client work with my husband, obviously with his full support. And he's, you know, a very equal partner and I'm, I'm very lucky that he is, but, um, but yeah, it was sort of a slow burn. It was sort of a like, wow, at least I was seeing the train going off the tracks before it completely derailed. And, um, I just, you know, I knew when I started to get anxious and short with the fact that my son wanted my attention, that was when I was like, okay, that's, that's really wrong. Now I've become that person in the coffee shop that is ignoring their child because I'm on my cell phone. Like, I don't want to be that kind of parent. I know you, you start to catch yourself and you think, oh my gosh, I'm doing that thing that I see other parents do. And it's And you know, what's worse is now, you know, you, when you see it, it's heartbreaking. Like I was actually in a coffee shop and it took everything in me not to be the annoying like outsider butting their nose in and saying something to another parent. But there was like this little toddler, probably probably three or four, who was like acting up and clearly like tugging on his mother's arm and just wanted her to look at him. And she was looking at her freaking phone. And it was like, okay, I get it. Like I've done that. I've been like, oh, I have to check this or I have to send this one last text. But then like put the phone in your pocket. It's not that important. Like... And that was the thing is it was seeing like some episodes like that where I was like, and I, the times when I caught myself doing it more like in our house, when I was like, I I saw that he was like wanting me to read a book or when, and I was like, oh no, mommy's on her laptop or mommy's. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to live that way. So, um, yeah. And it's such a tough call. The whole technology piece is really overwhelming. And I think, you know, our kids are going to be raised in a time when it's so pervasive and which is a little frightening, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I find it to be a tough call because I definitely want to limit my child's exposure to screens and I don't want him to ever think that a screen takes precedence over our relationship. But then I also think that, you know, Mm -hmm. part of me running my business and part of me being building the legacy that I want to leave for my child is that that all happens behind a screen. Like I sit at a computer and do all my work Mm -hmm. all day and that's how I Mm -hmm. build the empire. And so there's this weird thing about um, being connected and as you're building something and then disconnecting to have time with people and to have that sense of connection. And it's it's a constant struggle. And I'm not sure I'm not sure where those bound. I think those boundaries are going to change a lot in the course of my our kid's life because technology is becoming more and more pervasive. So it makes it more and more difficult. There's more and more gray area. So you know you never want to do anything at the expense of your relationship of your child. But at the same time, you we are so dependent. I know even when I've said to my husband things like you know no screens at the in the kitchen or the dinner table or whatever, and then I'm like hold on, I need my phone to like set the timer to boil the water or whatever. So it just it creeps into everything. Right. Right. I- you know what I think it is? I think it's about setting work hours for yourself. And like, you know, if you are at the park with your child, unless like someone's calling you with their hair on fire, like a client or a customer, like you don't have to have your phone out. You know, I know, and you might because you're taking pictures and whatever, but, but you know, when, when I'm doing something on my laptop for work 
and my son comes in, I do like teach him, you know, sometimes you can't, you can't just disturb me anytime you want. Like there are, there are boundaries, you know, like you have to say, excuse me, or you have to, you know, no mommy's in the middle of doing something. I'll be there in one second. But it's the, it's, it's when we, we let that time bleed into, I think when we let that time bleed into everything and we don't set, okay, these are my, these are my work hours and these are my like hours with my child or, you know, Mommy's going to do this for half an hour, and then we're going to go to the park and play. Mommy's going to put her phone away. This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen biweekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earnin can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. Um, I think I think the constant activity is what is like impacting these kids. I you know, and I don't know. I I don't know if you ever heard this. I heard some statistic last year that said something about 
like childhood accidents had increased in the last couple of years where, you know, minor accidents where they, they, they hurt themselves or whatever on the playground or whatever. And they were attributing it to smartphone usage. They were actually saying that it's because we're so distracted by our phones or we pick up our phone and whatever. So I'm trying to be, you know, I'm not perfect at it either, but I'm trying to be mindful of it um, because it's when you see it happen in front of you with someone else and their child, nothing can snap you out of that faster than like, oh God, that's not what I want my kid. And seeing the look on those kids' faces is just heartbreaking. Yeah, you know, I used to have this coworker when I worked with children um, in, in a hospital setting, and she would take this tone with the kids sometimes that just really <laughs> rubbed me the wrong way. It was really patronizing and just... I just, it was negative. I did not like it at all. And I always thought like, I just never want to sound like that. Mm -hmm. I never want to sound like that. And sometimes it's good to have those examples and those people around you where you're like, that's what I don't want to be. And not to be like super judgy of that person or anything, but just to have that reminder of how you want to present, how you want to come across, how you want to sound in your communication. I think that, I think that it's an important thing to take note of. Absolutely. And sometimes you do see those people not doing it so well, you know, and which is probably unintentional on their part, but it's a good lesson. It's a valuable thing to take note of. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. And, 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 you know, it's just, it's just taking those lessons to heart and saying, okay, well, what kind of parent do I want to be? And for some people, you know, they're fine with that. And they think that again, like technology is pervasive and it's okay for me. I just, you know, you have to, you sort of have to take a stand and decide, is that, is that what I want them to see? And again, I, I don't want to be a parent that, is like their kid is the end all be all and the constant center of attention, especially for us, because we're only going to have one, um, partly due to choice, but partly due to some health issues. Um, so I, I, I feel very strongly, we're trying very hard to make sure that we're not raising an entitled son, um, who, you know, there's going to be an ine inevitable, some only child, but, you know, I put him in daycare partly for my work, but also partly for him. Like I wanted him to be around other children. I wanted him to learn how to share. He's not going to have siblings that he's going to build those interpersonal relationships with. So I wanted to get him in that environment as soon as I could. Um, you know, and he's, and he's in some home daycares. So he's been in a home daycare. So um, yeah, it's, I, I think that's what it comes down to is sort of like, and you figure it out as you go, right? Like the idea you have in your head before when you're pregnant of what kind of parent you're going to be, Versus the reality of once the child's in the world and driving you crazy and about to put their fork in a outlet, like, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you, 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 you morph, it's almost like clay, like you form that version of what type of mother or what type of parent you want to be as you go. And like you said, sometimes you learn the most valuable lessons from seeing something you don't want to do. Yeah, I actually, I wanted to ask you the real version of how life was after becoming a mom versus what you envisioned beforehand. I know like what you imagine when you're pregnant and how, you know, as soon as the baby goes to sleep, I'm just going to sit down and get some work done. And then the reality <laughs> of like how that all plays out is so different. So I definitely wanted to get your take on that and what your experience was with that. <laughs> I'm laughing because so what I did initially was I, um, I got my son into daycare. As I mentioned, we wanted to get him into daycare fairly young. Um, and I got him into daycare at four months part time. So he was there until one, you know, one o'clock and then I'd bring him home for his nap, his afternoon nap. And I was like, this is like the perfect setup, Maria. Like you can just, you know, work on client stuff for four hours in the morning, get all your stuff done. You go pick him up, you bring him home and then you can spend the afternoon together and you can go to the park and you can go to the zoo 
The reality was when that manicness, that manic state started. So the four hours, first of all, went by like that, you know, like a snap. It was never enough time. So that's where the whole like the minute my alarm would go off in the morning, I was like an energizer bunny just running around, snapping at my husband, trying to get stuff done. I'm like every minute that ticked by was like this precious minute. So I I drop him off at daycare and then the running around began. The like, okay, I've got to write this and I've got to call this client back and I've got to actually do the work that they're hiring me to do. And when do I fit in my workouts? And when do I, you know, I was trying to cram a life into four hours a day. So by the time I raced there to pick him up by one o'clock, then I'd bring him home and I'd put him down for his nap and I tried to sneak in some work while he was napping. Although by that time I was exhausted and then he would wake up from his nap around three and I just didn't want to do anything. Like I was so fried. And then, and then that's where I started doing the like, well, I'm, I'm just going to send this one email while he's sitting in his, his rocker or I'm just going to. And then I was like, why, why am I even bringing him home in the afternoon? You know what I mean? It just, it just got so crazy because it was like I wasn't, I wasn't spending the time with him. It just didn't, for me, it didn't work. And I, I had this idealistic vision of how it was going to be. Um, so it was probably, it wasn't until he turned one that we decided to put him in full time. And I'm telling you, that's when sort of the epiphany happened of like, I, I need this to be a better mom. I need this to be a better wife. Like I need the full day. Yeah. You know, we went through that too. We, um, when my son turned two, we moved him into a full day school. Well, we call it school, but it's more like daycare, but we moved him into that full program Mm -hmm. and we had had a nanny prior to that and we loved her. And she was such an important part of his, those early months with him in that first, uh, almost two years. But when we made that switch, that was, it was key for me and it made a big difference. And I remember initially thinking like, Oh, I'm only going to send him for like part days, like from nine to three or, or 10 to three. And within like two weeks, I was like, Oh, or like nine to five. Like I realized the value of having that time for me to create what I need to create. And it just, it, it impacts everyone. It, it changes the, um, the dynamics of everything in the family. If I feel like I can get my work done while he's gone versus bringing him home and then trying to do more, it's just not a functional way for us to survive. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cause and then, you know, throw in personal errands that you have to get done, you know, and like, you know, like for you, you know, me right now, like dealing with kitchen renovations, like life stuff gets in the way. And it's like, if you try to cram everything into a four hour period, that's the way to insanity for most human beings. So, um, you know, and then it was the pressure also for me of like trying, you know, trying to not that my, my clients were always understanding, but it was like, okay, if someone wants to have a phone call with me or a meeting with me, it has to be, be between these hours. And so it was just so stressful. And, and you know, when you have those and, short little windows, when you only have a f- couple hours here or a few hours here and there, I feel like you're 50% mm-hmm. in every capacity of your life. And I know for me, I felt like, you know, when Vinny was really little until he was four months old and it was just him and I at home, I felt like anytime I tried to get something done while he was sleeping or when I had a little bit of downtime, mm-hmm. I always had my mind on like 13 things. Like, yes, I'm going to get some work done, but I also need to be worried about dinner and I need to be worried about like when I'm going to pump and all these other things. Oh, and then yeah. even when we had the nanny in the house, it was still the same thing where I was down in the basement working, she was upstairs, but I was still running back and forth within a four to six hour period when she would be at our house. I'd be running up and down the stairs to nurse or to for random, you know, for part of the time, I didn't have a bathroom down here in the basement with me. So I'd like be having to run Mm. upstairs to use the bathroom. And I just felt like when in every capacity, I was at 50% because then the nanny would leave and I would try to, I wouldn't feel like my work was done. And so I would be with the baby 
and still be trying to get more work done. So in every capacity, I was operating at 50% versus having my child in childcare, I can operate at 100% during that time. I can be 100% focused on work. And then when he comes home, I can be 100% focused on family. Um, so it those boundaries have been so significant to me and just a, it's really been a game changer. And I, like I said, you know, I just, I don't feel bad about that. I feel like it makes everyone a little bit more happy and a little bit more sane. No, exactly. I think it's worse. I, I actually think it's worse than, you know, so yeah, I mean, you get it. It was just, it was just this, this vision that I thought this is the perfect solution. And it turned out for us not to be, for some people, they might be able to make it work maybe based on, on their situation or their, their business. But for me, it just was, it was making everyone in the house miserable. It was making me miserable. I wasn't giving my best work to my clients. Like it, it was just a losing proposition all around. So, you know, it's really, it's just a trial and error for every family. I yeah. think you figure it out as you go and different people can handle different things and manage different things and different people with different temperaments. You know, I have a friend who runs a business from home and she has a two-year-old and a newborn underfoot. Oh my gosh, I could never, ever do that for her. It totally works. So it just, you know, it just depends from one person to the next and one person's personality and the nature of the kids. There's, there's so many variables. No, no. And they do, you know, and at that age, they do need kind of supervision. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's, to me, that's more stressful of having the divided, divided attention and the divided, like, I don't, it, multitasking is a myth. Like people cannot multitask. You, you do one task at a time. And so it's, you know, where are you going to focus your energy? And for me, I can't, this part of it is my makeup. Part of it is, um, just, I had a, a brain injury several years ago. It is really stressful for me to switch gears. So when I sit down to do something now, and I used to be a master multitasker, like my husband says, I'm like everybody else now, but, <laughs> but I, you know, for me, I can't do that. I can't just sit down to write in 15 minute increments and then do something else and then go back to my writing and then do something else and go back. Like I've got to like, okay, this is what I'm doing for the next hour. Um, and so I think also for me, for my makeup, that's, that's part of what was driving me insane. So I want to shift gears a little bit and I want to know, has your business, I know it's evolved from my Facebook stocking of you. I know that your business has evolved since you became a mom, but I'm wondering, have you pivoted in any ways that were unexpected or, you know, for me, I've worked with moms for many years, but my messaging changed a lot after I became a mom and my passion um, in the areas that I want to work with moms has changed too. And, you know, I was very into working with moms in fitness before, and I'm still Still, that's certainly still a part of what I do, but I've also, uh -huh. um, I feel like I've expanded a little bit beyond that. And there's other areas that I'd really like to dive into. And so there's definitely, as I've in, embraced motherhood more and more, the way that I work with women has definitely started to shift and it's changing the, the way that I do business. It's changing the way that I build business. And so I would love to hear what your experience with that has been. I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I think that I always sort of would talk, I uh, my the whole crux of my business was always talking about practical business strategy with like a side of wit and wisdom but but i also would dip into sort of inspirational and motivational topics and i think motherhood really really made me shift more to a 50-50 balance where even what i blog about some of it can be very personal and very much about like the personal growth aspect of becoming an entrepreneur versus just the business brand and marketing advice that I give. I've always had this idea in my business of helping people build a business that's that I hate the phrase, but you know, it's about living your passion. I mean, you have to actually have a business that's valuable to other people. So hopefully your passion lines up with something that offers value to people. But, but, um, you know, a lot of the work that I did with clients was about that was about like pulling out, like, what are they passionate about? What are their strengths? What are they good at? And I think 
with motherhood, it's been, it's been really trying to find an even, even more of an equal conversation with that, that your business is your mission, is your values, especially for solopreneurs. Maybe, maybe it's not as applicable for corporate. I would hope so. That's, that's sort of like my ideal goal in life is that every business is sort of socially responsible and, and built on passion. But when you're a solopreneur, you are your business and your business is you. And so it's not just about what you do for clients and customers. It's about how the business serves you and your goals and how you want to live your life. And, and the two are, it's a very symbiotic relationship, kind of, as I mentioned before, because if you're not happy where you are, what you write about is going to be empty. What you talk about is going to be empty and what you advise people about is going to be empty. And so you have to, you have to kind of fill the well on both sides. So I think that has shifted for me. The importance of that balance has shifted for me. Um, and has informed my work. And that's why um, there's, there's a, you know, you and I were talking about, there's this new kind of epic coaching program that I'm creating and hoping to roll out in the fall. And the genesis of that is bringing together both this, this practical business side with this psychological motivational side as well. And I don't think I was quite at that 50, 50 balance before. Okay. So you kind of teased this program a little bit a few days ago on Facebook and I'm dying now. <laughs> I'm so excited to hear more. Um, cause I can tell you're moving in a new direction that I'm like all in, I want to hear more. I want to learn more and I, I want to be a part of it. I know. I know. I'm super excited about it again, because it's kind of germinated from having a child wanting to find more balance because of that child, how I see the world differently because of that child. So, you know, has motherhood impacted my entrepreneur, you know, entrepreneurial journey? Hell yeah. Um, I think anything that happens to us is going to impact the kind of entrepreneurial journey that we're on. So um, yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm really excited about it. Awesome. Okay. So tell us about your most recent writing project. I know you have something new in the works. So I, um, so this actually is very um, timely to what we're talking about. So last year, so I, I've written two books so far. I've written a book called Branding Basics for Small Business. And then I wrote a total departure from that. I wrote a memoir called Rebooting My Brain. And the first book I released in 2010, the next book I released in about 2012. And then I was kind of itching to like do another book. So I ended up updating my branding book to a second edition in 2014. And this was right, literally I I published that second edition about like a week before I had my baby. Um, because that's so, when things happen. Like, yeah, I know it's crazy. So now it was the great thing about the third trimester of pregnancy is you can make anything happen because you're on this very finite timeline. You know, I moved my gym when I was 38 weeks pregnant, like all the big things that are going to happen before you become a mom, they're going to happen in those last few weeks. I swear. It's amazing what you can accomplish. You just like put your nose to the grindstone. And you know, like in my case, the baby came like the day after I finished moving the gym, my water broke. So your body is just in go mode. It's, it's pretty amazing. For sure. For sure. The clock's ticking. I was like, if this doesn't happen now, it's not going to happen for three months. So, um, you know, and I wanted something to be out there that was new and fresh because I didn't know how long I was going to take away from the business with the baby. So that was by design as well was like, I want to have something really recent. So when I get back to my business, whether it's in three months or six months or whatever, it, it's not something from 2010. It's something from 2014. So long story short is last year I was like, okay, I, I need to write, an, you know, I'm getting to that time period of about two years. I need to write another book. I need to write another book. And I, this kind of goes back to the manicness thing. My creative well was dry because I was so overwhelmed. I was so stressed. I was so just in over my head with motherhood and personal development and all that kind of stuff that there was nothing, there were no creative sparks coming from 
you know, inside. And that was, again, part of the like, mm, wake up call, like things need to change. Like you've never been at a loss for something creative to do. So, um, so what I, what I decided to do last year, cause I was like, I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to force a creative project that I don't feel 110% good about. So what I decided to do was I had all this great content from the past eight years and I had always wanted to group it into little eBooks that were around certain topics and so I, I started launching the Juicy Guides for Entrepreneurs. I think I launched the first one in October. Um, the first one's about Juicy Guide for Entrepreneurship. The second one is the Juicy Guide for Brand Building. The third one is the Juicy Guide for Entrepreneurial Inspiration, which kind of gets back to the, what we were talking about, the motivational, inspirational side of it. And then the fourth one, which will be coming out shortly, is about time management and goal setting. So um, – you know, it's just my, it was my way of sort of like a, a stagger step of let me put something creative out into the world again, even if it's, you know, it's not like a fiction book or not something completely a departure from what I've done before. And it'll help me keep my momentum going because I'm a huge believer in momentum. Um, and that's the challenge of motherhood. It brings momentum to a screeching halt. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you know, we just recently got back from a 10 day vacation and at the time I thought, oh, this is so great. 10 days is such a long time. And then afterwards I was like, no way. 10 days is too long. If I get that relaxed, I like start, I lose my mojo. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listener can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know 
while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. I know. I know. Well, you know what's really funny about that is I took, we took a, like a 10 day, two week maybe vacation last February and we went back, my husband's from Scotland. So we went back to the UK and we were in London for a week while he was there on business. And then we went up to Scotland to visit my in-laws. But, um, you know, so we, we took our son who was 10 months at the time, maybe no less than that. No, 10 months. Um, and I actually set everything up so I could be sort of digitally unplugged from the business. I had a, a virtual assistant going through my email and clearing out all the junk and assessing if something was important and I needed to be contacted or not so that I could enjoy that time with my son. And I'm, I tell you, like, not checking email was the most rejuvenating thing for my business. I came back with like 10 new business ideas from that trip because I completely unplugged. And so I'm a huge proponent, even though you kind of, you do have to lose a little bit of momentum, that sometimes that detox is actually amazing for your business. I'm sure, and I'm sure you probably came back, you know, I know you were like trying to play catch up, but the great thing about what I had done is I set up so my VA was clearing out my email while I was gone so that when I got back, I didn't face an email box full of 600 new messages, like 580 of which were Yes, junk. that is totally my issue with re-entry. There's a lot of obstacles and roadblocks with re-entry and the inbox is a huge one. Huge. Yeah. If, if you, if you can swing it next time, I would hire someone to go through your email for you because they can get rid of all the newsletters that you're going to get distracted by when you go back into your inbox and that, you know what I mean? Like they're going to get rid of like the, you know, they'll, they can reply to the request of like, oh, if you need this by next week, sorry, Sarah can't do it because she's still going to be on vacation. Like da, 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 da. It's, it was worth its weight in gold to have someone doing that for me. And it took her literally like 20 minutes a day. I'm adding VA to all the list of advice that you gave me today. So yes, I'm super excited about that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Seriously. VA, check your email while you're gone and respond to it with clear instructions. I told her, like, if this is absolutely, you know, if the Wall Street Journal calls and wants to interview me, here's my text number. <laughs> I was like, other than that, <laughs> you know, if it's if it's a client inquiry, tell them I'll get back to them on this date. If it's junk mail or newsletters, please delete them because I won't read them when I get back anyway, because there's going to be like 50 of them stockpile, right? Um, you know, and then just all the regular junk mail that you get that's like, you know, whatever. But it was, oh my God, it was so worth it. All right. So last question before we go to our shameless mommy minute, I want to know what is the legacy that you're building right now? And how does being shameless and selfish play into that? <laughs> I don't know what legacy I'm building. So I saw this question. I'm like, oh, she assumes I have a legacy in mind. Um, no, I No, I, you totally, you do have a legacy. <laughs> It's just not always a conscious thing. So it's actually, this is a really fun question because it does bring it to awareness. Um, and so now you have some idea of like, what is your legacy? So let's hear about it. I know. No, you're absolutely right. It was actually a great like thought sparker, you know, conversation sparker with myself. Um, but I really believe that like kind of what we were talking about before about, you know, you start to think about the kind of parent you want to be. And and one of the things that my husband and I talked about before, you know, Callum was born was, you know, what do we want for his life? And it's and it, it wasn't the normal, we kind of came to this conclusion, it wasn't the normal like, oh, we want him to have success and wealth and 
you know, great. I mean, we want him to, we want him to have the capacity to love and be loved. We want him to be self-aware enough to know that he's special, but he's not the only person on the planet. Um, and we want him to be self-reliant. And the reason we picked self-reliant was just all that comes with having, being able to think and act independently. So, so not just that, you know, he'll be a, a functioning, you know, a healthy functioning adult, <laughs> but, you know, he'll have self-esteem, he'll have confidence, he'll be able to stand in a firm foundation if he's self-reliant. And not just like, you know, we're putting him in the forest with bears and letting him fend for himself, but, yeah, but, but that's really, that's really what we want for him. And whether he chooses to exhibit those things in a life that he's, whether he's an artist or he's a, a future CEO or he's an astronaut or kind of what we would like him to be would be like a marine biologist, but you know, whatever, or an actor, or as long as he's self-sufficient and happy and supporting himself in a healthy way, then that's, that's the life we want for him. And so, um, so when you say like the legacy we're building, we hope that we hope to, you know, he's only two, we'll see how much we screw this up, but we, we hope to instill that in him. You know, we hope to, um, we hope to show him, you know, two parents who have a very equal partnership in their marriage, um, who help each other and support each other. And, you know, one is not dominant over the other. Um, we hope to show him what, what a loving relationship looks like and what a, a, a safe, healthy, happy home looks like. Um, and we also want him to be world aware. Like we, that's important to us. So, you know, we are going to be those parents that are going to take him to museums and take him, to, you know, all that kind of stuff. Cause that's just, you know, after, after we're done, he can choose whatever life he wants, but we, it's our responsibility to at least give him the foundation for that legacy. And so, um, that's really, that's really what we're trying to do. So when you talk about, you know, how does being selfish play into that? I think it's about, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to try to teach someone self-reliance, you have to be self-reliant yourself. And, and if you're going to teach someone about how to love and be loved, you have to be able to love yourself too. You know, I, I can't show him a lopsided view of marriage looks like daddy does whatever he wants and mommy's a slave. Like that's not the legacy I want for my son or, and I'm, positive. That's not the legacy you want for your son either. So we, we forget that the choices, and actually I, I, I mentioned this to a friend of mine, I called it like this very sweet responsibility in that we are now, you know, you have a story, right, Sarah? I have a story. We say like we were born, you know, for me, it's like I was born in Flushing, New York. I lived in New York until I was 11. I had three older brothers. And then my family moved to Ohio when I was 11. And then I went to school in Indiana. Like I have the elements that make up my story, right? But for the first 18 years, my story was dictated by the decisions that my parents made. So I'm writing someone's story right now. Like when I decided to have my son at Stanford in Palo Alto, California, I started building my son's story. And I'm getting choked up talking about it because it's, it's, it's such a sweet and awesome responsibility that you, you, know, you as a parent are building someone's story. And are you, are you, are you putting the right chapters in that story? So later on, it's, it's lovely and it's useful and it's healthy and it, you know, it's not devoid of pain. It's not going to be devoid of mistakes, but it's recognizing that even when you're being selfish, that's okay. But just know that that's, that's the story and the legacy that you're giving your child. And so when I'm selfish in a, in a healthy way, you know, not in a, in a 
bad way, but when I'm selfish in a healthy way and, you know, I, I take my mommy day out or my mommy night out or I, you know, build my business or I go to work and, you know, I'm showing him, I'm building his story. So then when he meets the woman of his dreams, he knows what it's supposed to look like. Yeah. You know, I think about that a lot when I, when I'm leaving, you know, in the evening and Vinny's like, mommy, don't leave. But I'm like, no, but mommy has to go to the gym and it's the gym that I built. Like, that's a good thing. Yes. Yeah, totally. Totally. And like- it's an, this is an important part of what I want him to see in me. And so, you know, when I do have to leave multiple evenings in the multiple nights a week, which is not frequent, but every now and then it happens. Um, yes. I want him to see that like, this is a, this is a big right. part of what I do. It's, it's not all of what I do, but this is a big part of my legacy. And this work is very, a very significant part of my life. And it's a, a significant part of our family life as well. Um, and again, that doesn't mean that it's the only thing that he sees me doing, but it is significant. And I do want him to recognize that this is a big deal to me. Right. And, and just to understand that about, you know, women in general, like, this is what women do and we work and we create things and we build things and we're responsible. And, you know, all of those things are going to form those, those little molecules of impressions in their minds. And, um, you know, as long as you're, you're present for him when you're there, I think that that says a lot. I mean, you know, part of it, you know, what you said about owning a gym, like, I think that's amazing because I want, you know, my, my parents weren't necessarily outdoorsy or let's just say physically fit while I was growing up. So, so that's part of the legacy I want to build for him. Like Paul and I want to take him hiking. We want to take him camping. We want him to see mommy working out two or three times a week. Like I want physical fitness to be part of his life because I think it'll make him a healthier, you know, more balanced mentally and physically person. So if I don't take the time out to go work out myself, like what am I showing him? So be selfish. Oh, cool. That's the perfect segue. So we're going to go right (laughs) into the selfish mommy minute. So let's get started. Awesome. Okay. So most important question. Number one, when it comes to wine, red or white? Red, hands down. Awesome. I love it. And I have to say, I always see on, I swear on Facebook, like you're always wine tasting. Um, I always see your week and I know you live close to wine country too, but yeah, I'm always very jealous. (laughs) I do like wine tasting and I actually used to be a wine writer. I used to write some articles as a, as a novice, you know, not a sommelier or anything, but um, I wrote for some local San Francisco magazines about, you know, where it was like, hey, I could go into this winery and be like, I'm a writer and I'm writing a wine article. And they'd be like, oh, let us give you your best stuff. And I was like, okay, great. Okay, current book that you're reading or the last one you read? You know, I got in this rut where I was reading a bunch of nonfiction books and it was like just killing my soul a little bit. So I, I'm actually reading my first fiction book in I don't even know how long. It's called The Secret Keeper by Kate Morton. And it's, it's a little bit, you know, I mentioned my love of crime dramas to you earlier. Um, it's a little bit of a kind of a mystery of a woman thinking back to this incident that took place in her childhood of a murder that she saw. And um, it's, it's really juicy and delicious. And I've, I think I've read another Kate Morton book before. And so it's, it's a nice little escape. It's called The Secret Keeper. Okay. And your favorite non-work related thing to do when you have free time to yourself? Uh, that's probably a toss up between going out to a nice dinner with my husband and friends, um, drinking red wine on the couch with my dog, um, going to CrossFit, um, and actually just taking myself out for a latte. I I actually take myself out for coffee dates where I don't, you know, pop my laptop up. I actually just sit in the coffee shop and enjoy my latte and people watch. I I mean, even if it's just like 15 or 20 minutes that I have to spare for the time that it takes me to drink the coffee, it's so worth it. 
Awesome. Okay. What is one morning ritual you can't live without? Well, my morning rituals got thrown out the window, A, when I had a baby and B, two days ago when my kitchen imploded. Um, (laughs) But um, what I, what I've tried, well, now with, with, with my son, the most beautiful part of my morning, even when I'm running around fixing him breakfast before he wakes up, his dad gets him out of bed and dresses him. And then he puts him down on the floor and he comes running into the kitchen to see what I've made him for breakfast. And he gives me a, he gives me a big hug and lets me pick him up. And so that's become one of my favorite little morning rituals. And then I have my, he always knows mommy has her tea. He goes, tea, tea. And he drinks his milk and he always cheers with me. Oh, so cute. I love that. We do cheers with smoothies in the morning at our house. I know. It's actually totally adorable and I can't stand it. I know. Well, now he's cheering with everything now, like his fork, his toy, his, yeah. I'm like, no, just the drinks. But, um, but yeah, I, I love that I sit and I have, and even though he gets another breakfast when he goes to, <laughs> to daycare, <laughs> it's, it's us having breakfast together is just become such a little favorite thing and having my, my little mug of tea and my breakfast with him. Okay. So who is your biggest inspiration? Mm-hmm. Oh God, that's, that is a super, super hard one. Um, I have quite a few, um, but I would say notably, unfortunately they're both actresses, but Audrey Hepburn has always been a huge inspiration to me for her, for her style and grace. She just, uh, and not just because of her looks, but just, I, I feel like she embodies this idea of unflappable under pressure which I always strive to be and never achieve. And then, <laughs> and then actually kind of on the other spectrum of that, Catherine Hepburn for kind of the trails that she blazed for women at a time in Hollywood when women didn't do and say those things. And, you know, she just followed her heart and lived with passion and spoke her mind and um, in her own way broke a lot of uh, barriers for the time. So I, I really admire her. She just seems like what what people used to call a gutsy broad. And I just love women like that. I love being around women like that. Yeah. And we have many mutual friends. And actually, that's kind of how we met was through common friends and um, who do similar business and do business with each other. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I love being around. I mean, not women who are just like crass for the sake of being crass, but just women who are confident and just stand for something and are not afraid to to speak their mind and enact change. I love I love women like that. All right. So what is one productivity tip or trick that helps you manage mommy work life chaos? Well, we're still working on this one. <laughs> but the biggest thing- Well, you have to have it mastered because you're writing the book. I know, right? Um yeah, I'm writing the book. Yeah. That's I'm really put I'm really selling the book well now that I'm talking about writing a book about time management. But actually, one of the things that I talk about in there is um, this idea of which is so funny. It was a result of my brain injury when I had to really I had to really rely on a schedule because my 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 brain was sort of like really taxed by just the normal the normal stuff. And so to make it easier on my brain, I had to really stick to a schedule. And so I've carried that over actually into my work, that lesson, in that I slot time for everything on my calendar. Like I don't use a fancy app. I don't use like a whatever. Like it's literally just my Google calendar. I schedule creative time. I schedule writing time. I schedule, you know, when people want to meet or talk with me, for the most part, if I can, I get them to schedule a time on my calendar um, so that I can plan around it. And inevitably stuff happens. Like, do I keep my writing time every week sacred? You know, heck no. If client needs to meet, I'll 
and that's the only time they can meet, obviously. I'll, but it's amazing what happens to you mentally when you see that, that shaded area block on your calendar. And if you can hold it sacred, just like you would hold a, an appointment with someone for a podcast interview or for a client meeting, um, it's amazing how much it'll change your life. And then if, you know, maybe, maybe like if you start it today, it's not going to help, but going out the next few weeks, once you start getting things on your calendar and I put all of my son's activities, I do music class with him once a week and I, I block it out on the calendar. And so that's time that nobody can schedule something on my calendar. So for me, it's the planning ahead and the ability to, to block it out, literally block it out on the calendar and not just like, oh, maybe I'll do that. My workouts, for example, I don't trust it to like, oh, if I have time, I'll go. Like I block it on my calendar so no one else can schedule anything during that time. Perfect. I love that. I've actually, I've been working on that myself. Yeah. I have to say I haven't perfected it, but I've been working on it. I know it's not, it's not perfected, but it's a, it's a work in progress. Okay, final question. If you could give all moms one superpower, what would it be? I would say the ability to slow down and be present. I think I think we're running so ragged that like, you know, you I think you said at the beginning, I I don't know if it was in our pre-call or at the beginning of the interview, but um, you know, it goes so fast and so we just need to appreciate those little moments. We need to appreciate those little moments when they come into your office with a bag on their head and they want to play peekaboo or they like my son, he throws a blanket over himself and he looks like Casper the ghost. You know, I, you know, I can stop for that five minutes and interact with him or, you know, you know, I don't, I, I can say, for example, on my calendar, I don't, I will not take any client calls or meetings after four o'clock. I just, I just don't do it. And so it's, I think it's giving all of us the, not only the ability, but the permission to say, hey, you can make time to be present and, and enjoy. And that includes time for yourself, right? So like, just know that it's okay. Know that it makes you a better person. Know that it makes you a better mom. If you go to your workout, you know, on a regular basis, or you go to yoga, or you take yourself on a walk in the park for no good reason, except that you want to, um, like that is not selfish. That makes you a better person. Oh, I love that. Okay. So slow down and be present. That's our rule of the day. I know. I know it is. And, and like I said, the permission, like that you don't need an excuse. You don't, you don't, you don't need like, I, when we were talking about the breastfeeding, like you don't need the, the note from your doctor. It's enough that you want to. Right, right. I totally agree. Okay, well, Maria, this has been so fun. And I feel like we could just talk and talk and talk about breastfeeding and all these crazy things that happen that no one tells you about as you enter into this fun world of motherhood and entrepreneurship. Well, I will continue to be entertained by your posts because you are my hero because you're, you're, you're about a year ahead of me. So uh. I know, I know. I'm kind of like sneak previewing everything for you. So, you know, right now we're, we're working on the potty training thing. So you get to jump on board with that soon, I think. I know. I need, I need to talk to you about that. But yeah, no, I think I sent you a post one time that said I both like adore and fear your posts when I see them. <laughs> I know. It's totally a glimpse into your future. I know, exactly. <laughs> Okay, so we have to have you back on as we get closer to your launch of your super secret project that's coming out next fall, okay? Thank you. And actually, if I can put a plug in, if people want to want to know about that as it rolls out, they can sign up for my email list at red-slice.com. Okay, cool. So that's where we can send people to find you. 
Absolutely. That's my home hub. Okay, Maria, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. And I appreciate you spending your time with us here at the Shameless Mom Academy. And uh, we can just continue in our mutual Facebook stalking of each other until we get to chat again soon. So we'll talk to you soon. Thanks again, Maria. Thank you so much for listening in to the Shameless Mom Academy today. We love your feedback and we especially love your reviews. So if you could head on over to shamelessmom.com forward slash review and leave us a review if you haven't already done so. This support means the world to me and it also helps me know what you're loving about the show and gives me a little bit of direction on where I should take it from here. So any feedback is so valuable and I really appreciate it. You can also find all of our episodes at shamelessmom.com. And you can also get in touch with us through shamelessmom.com. So please reach out, let us know what you're loving, let us know what you want more of, and we'll talk to you soon. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.